Hello and welcome to episode four. This is Rhett Bartlett and welcome to the Raw podcast. And can I just say thanks to all those who have been giving feedback about the podcast. Um, it's great to hear your thoughts on Twitter and on Facebook. Um, you can get me on Twitter at Retrospective. Uh, on Facebook, I'm part of the Richmond Tigers Serious Supporter Group. What a great name. Um, so welcome any feedback. Now, this is part two of the interview with Neville Crow, and he speaks about the Save Our Skins campaign. Now, keep in mind, this interview was conducted on an old dictaphone with a cassette tape. So um, for the first 10 or 11 minutes, you might need to turn the volume up just a touch, and then for the final uh, six or seven minutes, uh, it, it sort of kicks into place. So um, you might then need to turn the volume down a little bit. But the main thing is, is that the idea of recording these uh, interviews with former players so that their memories of the Richmond Football Club doesn't die. And so here is part two of my interview with Neville Crow. Five, in five years you played 50 games, you said. It took me five years so at any, to get to 50 At games. any point there, did you think that, you were, did you ever think of, this wasn't for me, that someone's trying to say something, that maybe it's just not meant to be? I mean, did you ever lose confidence a lot during that, the fact that it took so long just to get to you? 50 games. Yeah, I did. I had uh, I had some sort of form things, I guess, when when I went back and uh, you know, I, I was able to play well in the reserves again there. But you know, form in that first five years was was a bit spasmodic, yeah. and, and uh, I got a lot, a lot of ankle injuries, right. uh, which were just uh, you know, just kept me out. So, uh, but no, I, I can't recall ever going through that process of saying, well, uh, the it's not for me. Right. You know, I, uh, I certainly had some. Meetings on confidence, yeah. uh, and um, you know, I, I, I also missed some shots at goal that I shouldn't have missed. And if I look back, yeah. sort of say, well, you know, I should have, uh, and that, therefore your confidence drops again. Mm. And, it was, uh, you know, and you know, whoever was trying to coach me in kicking uh, it just it, it wasn't right. You know, where there was a lot of other things I should have been doing than what I was doing. You know, that mm. me to kick it into the fence, well, you know, kick it into the fence. Jeez, what a, I suppose we kicking it through the coals, mate. <laughs> kicking it into the fence. <laughs> keep, keep, the, keep the ball low, like, yeah. like when you're putting. Golf's a bit different footy, mate. Yeah. Oh, I don't even know that. Um, do, do you ever get exhausted or tired talking about the John Nichols incident? No, no, it's. Uh, look, well, I, I was over that fairly quickly. I just. Really? That, that, that view was something that didn't weigh on your mind too much? Yeah, well, the fact that it, yeah, it coincided when, when I got rubbed out and didn't play in the, uh, the grand final, sure. that, that was shattering. You know, so, uh, yeah. And you know, the, the interesting thing is that I've, I've never blamed John Nichols for what happened on the ground. Yeah. That was uh, that was professional. Yeah. He attempted to get the ball back after I'd, I'd received a free kick and he wrestled me and uh, you know, put me in a bear hug sort of thing. And Ben Shields, the umpire, and uh, whistled a 15-metre penalty and... Uh, but while that little wrestle was on, strange enough, when you play that to that video, you know, slowly, you actually see him rip a right into the, in the stomach. And I've just sort of stepped back and thrown an open hand and missed him by that much, and over he's gone. Now, all of that up until then is professional. But then when he let me down at the tribunal and lost his memory, so, uh, that was, that's, there was a touch of bitterness attached to, uh, attached to that. But I've always been a great believer, and uh, I guess it uh, came through in later things that I did in life that uh, you know, it doesn't matter what happens to you, it's how you choose to react to it that really counts at the end of the day. And I, I can yeah. see no point you know, where the grand final that I was going to play in, I, uh, I didn't. And, uh, you know, probably 
and many people's eyes, I retired too early because I was only 30 when I retired and uh, I still had plenty of footy in me, but I went off in a new direction in terms of uh, business and uh, right. uh, you know, uh, that was the end of the story. So, yeah. But no, I, I hold no grudge against him. I joke about it a lot and I get asked the question a lot, but it's, uh, it's great to just say the big prick, you know, if I get another chance, I'd run over him with a, with a truck or something. You know. I heard that Colin wanted to bring him back for round one, run him yeah. to the out, so I thought, never yeah, you could just be there at the end of the banner. Well, I, I had a person meet me this morning and said, that's, that's such poor taste. So <laughs> I said, oh, good. <laughs> it's a bit long, a bit like sort of all of that. I, in, in my research for, for this interview, I read where Nichols forgot had memory lapse, you know, in the tribunal or couldn't remember things or he was, you know, he was, you know, he just wasn't helping yeah. the process oh, well, of fairness in a sense of what was going on. Well, the reason was fairly simple, you know, he wouldn't want me around if we, sure. if we played them in the grand final, cool. which we never, never did, yeah. but uh, he, he would have been very happy to have me out of the equation. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, but to not declare it until probably 20 years later, I think it came out, mm. he, he was interviewed on the ABC, um, mm. by one of the ABC boys. Major ones. Uh, oh, I know he and he, um, uh, he then admitted on the day, oh yes, look, I just foxed to get a free kick, but that's not the point. That's mm, cool. Sure. But, uh, you know, we're deliberately not trying to help. And we did all the all the things that we used to do back in those days. We, we went out and had a, just a bite of dinner with him up here, so yeah. we got a free dinner out as well, the wacker. Uh, and at, at that dinner, did he have a memory? Well, Bill Timbers was my uh, oh, delegate to go up and go. Yeah, and he, um, he just said, you know, what are you prepared to do? And he said, uh, oh, it all depends on the questions they ask. But, you know, when they, um, when they asked him in the uh, um, health bound, it was a Carlton man, incidentally, he was, he was the chairman of the, yeah. the tribunal. He asked uh, John Nichols, you know, what are your recollections of the incident, Mr Nichols? Because everything was terribly formal in those days. And he said, I have no recollections of the incident. I went, oh, shit. <laughs> he said, could that be as a, a result of the blow that Mr Crow struck you? And he just shrugged his shoulder and I went, oh, I felt the blood drain out of my face. I said, I'm a shot ducky. And sure enough, yeah. the boundary umpire, of course, who came from the wrong direction, uh, saw the wrong thing and put two and two together and got five. And I got four. So uh, that was the end of that. Did you, um, I mean, that, did, it's, like, it's like a bad Alfred Hitchcock movie, The Wrong Man, isn't it? Did you just think of stand up and going, no, no, you're all just... Yeah, you, well, you, that was terribly intimidating. What, what is this, sir? It was an intimidating experience oh, to go so. up to tribunal. Yeah. It, was, it was scary as all get out, you know, and uh, all these sombre looking people hanging around, and, yeah. uh, and the thief and the vagabond is the guy that's uh, supposed to have hit me, or I was supposed to have hit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's very formal, as you were saying, so it's, it's like a court, yeah. wasn't it? And, it was, and of course, I was incredibly nervous. Yeah. I, I just couldn't believe, you know, where, when the verdict was handed down, I just, I, I just couldn't believe it. And I, I was just, I, didn't, I couldn't say anything. Sure. I, just, I just walked out, and that's sure. the end of me, you know, so it worked. Ray Dunn was there, but you know, I wish you know, that you could have had uh, you know, legal uh, an appeal, it. yeah, and, and take it to the, the next step. But we, it. without harping on it too much, just one more question around that, if I may. For the next few days, and lean up to the grand final, what was what, what, what emotions did you have? Did you try and block it out? Were you did it make you feel awful? I mean, yeah, I was, I was very dirty on it at that stage, but I was I still you know, wanted to uh, take part in. in Grand final week, so I, I did all the training with okay. the guys. I, you know, when we had our last training on the MCG on the Thursday night, it probably was the Thursday it? afternoon. You know, I um, I was uh, just part and parcel of everything. I just wanted to do whatever I could. There was uh, there was a bit of a move to take place uh, where maybe I could be the official runner on the day, but I'm not allowed on the ground. So uh, you know, that took that away. 
So uh, and, uh, I couldn't get out on the ground until after the grand final, but there's, there's plenty, of, plenty of film and all that. But it's, uh, yeah, look, I was just dirty on it. Yeah. I, I reckon it took you know, two or three weeks just to, to right. get it out of the system all together and uh, get on with it from there. I might be wrong here in my research, so just please do tell me if I am. Did the verdict in the coming days, did it actually make you physically sick? I was physically sick directly after the game. Right. I was in the showers. I was one of the last guys in the showers. I remember just sitting there, just my head down, thinking, what's all this about? Yeah, and, uh, sure. and it was, you know, I was obviously, you know, very highly strung and yeah. nervous at the, at the stage, oh, but I went into the showers and I actually collapsed in the showers. And, uh, you know, someone, um, someone came into the, uh, the showers and, uh, and found me there laying on the ground, you know, and yeah. uh, you know, blubbering like a bloody fool. Yeah. So uh, that, uh, and then, the other time that uh, I guess uh, I was reduced to tears was not not after the game, but mm. there was an after party, and I remember driving home in the car, and I was I was, uh, I was done then. I was shot duck, you know, and just uh, you know, knocked me around from that point forward. And, uh, you know, um, I just I probably uh, cried myself to sleep that yeah. night. I reckon. Yeah. It might be going far away now. It is. In my interview with Roger Dean, he said about the 67 premiership. The only sad part was poor Neville. Neville and I both started in 57. And I know that there's a bond between us and it's one of the sad parts of my whole career. It must have hurt him so much. It hurts me. Fred Swift. We all started in the same year. We just know how lucky we were to survive and be there at the right time. Did you know the impact that the fact that you weren't there had on the other players? I mean, everyone I've spoken to has said that you were such a part of that year, you were such a part of the team that for them it was was painful as well. They couldn't imagine what you've gone through, obviously, but for them it was as well. You know, we didn't, you know, you know obviously it was, was spoken about, but in the euphoria of the uh, winning the game, you know, that, that was, everyone was off. Mm. And, and everyone was just so happy and, uh, and joyous about the whole thing, and, and so was I. And the fact that we won it, it was just sensational. Um, but uh, on, on occasions when, when I've been out and with, with uh, Roger and I have done, you know, a number of little thing as that every footballer does, sportsman's nights and that sort of stuff. Uh, he's on several occasions, and Francis Burke has been terrific on a couple of occasions too in sort of uh, you know, expressing their feelings about uh, how important it yeah. was and uh, how sad it was and all that sort of thing. Uh, none of which helps, mind you, but it's nice of them to think that way, <laughs> which is good. Did you ever play in a premiership for, for any team? No, um, yeah, interestingly. I've uh, not brought that up, sorry. No, no, not at all. Uh, when I played in the under-19s, we, uh, we won every game for the year and uh, played off in the grand final against Ivanhoe and were beaten on the last uh, you know, kick of the day when the ball was sailing through the air and they, uh, you know, they went by five points. So that was that one. Uh, played a couple of finals games with the State Savings Bank. Uh, nearly got to the grand final at Richmond uh, in my, my years as president. Uh, yeah. The closest we ever got was about... Third, uh, so I missed a grand final there. I did get the 81 when I was rut coach, but Tony came down and asked me to be rut coach, so I managed yeah, to squeeze that one in. <laughs> but that's about all. I like that. So uh, everywhere I've gone, I reckon I'm the, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the jinx, <laughs> the, the walking, living jinx. How about that? Uh, and when did you end up watching the grand final? Uh, I think I was just up in the, you know, the, the, the rows of seats with the, the wives and, uh, right. and you know, kids and things of that nature and yeah. family. Uh, then uh, you know, I, I got down to the race, obviously, when things were mm. pretty warm in the, in the last quarter and uh, got ready to, to get out there and uh, feel part of the joy and pleasure mm. and some of the pain as well. There are 
are some people who say that you saved the club, you saved our skins. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, a lot of people have said that. Uh, How does that make I, you feel? I, I'm, I'm very proud of the part that I play, but you know, I always put it in the right perspective that uh, you know, this was a job that was done by thousands of people, yeah. not just one person. Uh, what a smile to your face, almost. Hey? It's always brought a smile to your face, which is nice. Oh, well, you know, I, think, uh, I guess the, you know, the things that happened at that time were just uh, mind-boggling. Yeah. It was just magnificent things happened when kids come in with money boxes and tipped it out on the table and said, please, let me save the club. Little old ladies of 80 years of age buying 10-year memberships. Elsie McGraw, bless her, top and socks. Yeah. And all those real people, those grassroots people, which unfortunately these days, I think, uh, even in this club, there's, there's a, an almighty push for the dollar at all times, but uh, I reckon the, the time we ever take our eyes off those people that help us at that time, and all the people that uh, would help us again if we got in a strife, but uh, hopefully we never will. Yeah. But that was just the, the greatest team game I've ever played in. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, I got to make so many friends, and uh, it was just... To raise a million dollars in, uh, in 10 weeks, $100,000 a day is just unbelievable. And uh, perhaps in my quiet moments, I would have thought, shit, how are we ever going to do this? But on the last day, when the last dollar rolled in, it was just the most incredible feeling that I've ever experienced. Memory, so maybe that's my grand final. I think it's deservedly so. It's your premiership. My memory of it, because I was a little tacker just around the club, was that you were everywhere. You were, you were there, on, it was on the back page of the paper, you were there on the news, you were there watching people do fun runs around the, the tan and you were there shaking the, the tins out the front. You were actually running myself too. That's right, you're running yourself. <laughs> I remember Dad and, 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 and you running around the tan and supporters would just run around the tan they'll arrive like 40 minutes later while everyone's left and you're still there waiting for everyone to, to turn up. But you were everywhere. You were everywhere. And it was, it was, it was I think the supporters needed to, like a figurehead, someone, to, a captain to steer the ship and I think that's what you were for them. Yeah, that's probably true. It was... Uh... So once once I got wheeled up in it, it's, yeah. uh, you know, I, I played a, a very big part in the, um, you know, I guess the the um, the theme mm. of uh, you know, saving our skins and uh, you know, to um, to get that tiger in a position. You know, talk with the advertising people. So, you know, the tiger has got to be virtually dead, right. and it's got to be it's got to come to life at the last minute. So uh, and they picked that up particularly well. That was uh, and, uh, something that'll stay with me for a long while. Well, it's still quite a shattering image now when you look at it. You know, the tiger and then the gunshot blow goes over it, and you know, within ten weeks the club will be gone. So it was yeah. pretty to the point. You know, this is this is the way things are. It's not as though you were sugarcoating anything. It was. I was endangered species. And this it wasn't endangered. Now, a lot of people thought it was a gimmick. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we uh, they said it's, it's all a con and so forth and so on, but it wasn't. Mm. We were actually trading uh, whilst insolvent, we, uh, everybody on the board at that stage was uh, could have got their, uh, their life wrecked. Yeah. Um, and I must confess that uh, when, when the things that I was doing there, uh, the business I was involved in uh, suffered considerably. And, uh, you know, uh, got in the strength. I probably, um, I probably uh, you know, lost a lot of money uh, coming out of that because it's... Um, Things that I should have been doing, I wasn't doing. That uh, sort of uh, making things up a smidgen, but uh, you only get one chance or something like that. So you may as well grab it with both hands.
Can I ask just two questions around the sale, the sale, the save our skins? When did you first realise the club was in trouble? And how did we get, where did the idea of the big rally come from? You know, the big save our skins rally with Dyer and Bartlett and Hart was there, I think, and Berg. Everyone was there. You name it. Yeah, everybody. When did you first realise the club was in trouble when you thought we need to do something? And how did we just come up with the concept of, of the rally itself? Okay, yeah, well, First, we thought of it was when uh, you know, Michael, Michael Humphreys, who was here as yeah. the, the finance director, uh, who, who has become a very, very close friend, uh, along with, with several others that sat on that board at that time. Um, he went through the, uh, the financial aspects of the club, and it turned out that you know, the way the previous administration had run it, you know, it wasn't proper, it, right. wasn't, it wasn't legal. Uh, you know, we had our players in there uh, valued as assets and all this sort of silly nonsense. Which, uh, you know, so once Michael got all the skeletons out of the cupboard mm -hmm. and we sat on the table and we said, well, here, here's the picture, whether we like it or whether we don't, this is, this is the picture and it's a gruesome one. Um, that was when we decided, well, what, what do we do from here? Now, you probably recall that Footscray did it either the year before or the year before that. I think it might have been two years ago that they did it. So that uh, we, we put it off and then uh, we, we planned it got the you know, endangered species and the, uh, the, the TV and the ads and all that sort of stuff that were all part of it. Um, and we were ready to go. Uh, and um, you know, once we started, and as I say, there were just people everywhere that wanted to help us. Uh, hence the teamwork factor that I, I sort of talk about. Uh, uh, and we just uh, we just made it along from there. Right. So, interestingly, the, the biggest single individual Donation, if you like, was from Craig Kimberley of Just Jeans. Oh. He had a store up here at this stage, and uh, he gave us ten thousand dollars. Now, bear in mind, the former players gave us twenty, but mm. as a single solitary donation, that was just. And from there on in, it was it was genu genuinely racking yeah. the cans and uh, you know, doing all those things, and you know, having family days, and putting coins right around the boundary line, and all that sort of stuff was was just you know, the ideas that flowed. We uh, we had many many sessions on uh, on what we could do. And, Obviously, the, uh, the legends going out at, at Windy Hill uh, was, was just fantastic. Yeah, we, we, Rex made his, his debut, if you like, as a, as a commentator. And uh, yeah, there were just all sorts of you know, 20,000 people came along to that, and I think about 10,000 went to the VFA Grand Final. So uh, yeah, we, uh, yeah, we, we, just, we just did amazing stuff, and we had a lot of um, yeah, very switched-on uh, people. Yeah, Mike Humphreys, uh, accountants are notorious for being uh, a bit grim, but... He was just a real entrepreneurial guy as well, you know, and uh, he, he had lots of um, ideas, and everyone had ideas, and it was uh, it was just a, it was a good time to be around. Definitely. Good time to be around. The rally was successful, and everything just seemed to really fall into place, and everything that we did was successful. And yeah. I remember the coins around the boundary, right? Yeah. I remember that very well, and I remember at the MCG, Alice Wills would have a big box of tins, and so you just take a tin, me and my sister, and we'll go out the front and we'll just rattle, and then a guy yeah. would give us his pokey money, that poker money that he won. Yes, and then you'll yeah. put the tin, empty the tin, come back again. It was just non-stop, and the money was just coming everywhere, and it was counting in there in, in the offices Correct. there, I remember. Yes. Yeah. And then once it was all done, once the club was saved, I mean, what was the feeling that you got? Did you go out and celebrate? Did you? Was there a moment where you had a chance to reflect and say, we've done it? Or had you never had that opportunity to actually? No, well, when the job was done, it was, I don't know, it wasn't like kicking the final goal or sure. that nature. So it, it, was just, it was just sort of a, a relief more yeah. than anything else. It was just sort of saying, thank God we've been able to do it. And, uh, you know, there were uh, 
lots of hugs and kisses were all involved. Mm. And uh, I can't recall that we ever we, we did a lot of things together. Uh, the people that had formed uh, you know, the major group, I guess. Um, uh, but but everyone had their stories. Mm. Everyone had their stories, and it was the stories that were just uh, you know were magnificent to read through. You know, I got a stack of letters that I've just yeah. gone to, just uh, right. you know, which are um, you know. I haven't read him for around 25 years or anything, but you know, uh, it, was, it was just a remarkable time yeah. in the history of the club and uh, some remarkable people did some remarkable things and uh, oh. it just shows you what people can do you know, um, when they put their mind to it. You know. Certainly on behalf of the Richmond supporters, we thank you for keeping our club going because you oh, may not have got the thanks for everyone, but certainly thank you because it, it meant a lot from, to us from, from you. Yeah, thank you. That it's, a lot. Uh, it's, uh, it was a, it was a terrific time. Yeah.